This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I believe me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Well, it's a Shrimp Net Welcome, the podcast from the Shrimps Trust. We're here again with episode five. Uh, plenty going around the club this week. Uh, our own Carabao Cup adventures continuing. So uh, Joel and myself are joined by a tame board member. It's uh, the co-chairman, who I always call the chief executive because he likes it. Uh, star of HG Wells' classic Hollywood, The Time Machine. It's Rod Taylor. Thanks for joining us, Rod. It's a pleasure, David. Uh, and making his debut appearance following intense negotiations with his agent, uh, Mrs. Cooper, uh, and he took a bottle of white wine. Uh, it's former editor and Bay Radio and I follow summariser and season ticket holder for a thousand years, Glenn Cooper. Glenn, thanks for joining us. And last three games away, traveller. Oh, it, what can I say? <laughs> what can I say? I'm not going to mention you on holiday for the first three, but oh, yeah, I am. Sorry. <laughs> making up for last time. So, um, ideal then to start with Oxford United. Uh, a difficult place. We got absolutely dicked there 3 1 last season. Uh, it wasn't, it was, they, they were, I thought they looked a good side last season. They've lost a couple of players, replaced them with what you would say was good players. Uh, but overall, I was pretty chuffed with the one all there, Joel. Yeah, I think going into the game, taking a point away at Oxford, I think we were always going to be quite pleased with, with taking that result. I thought, yeah, defensively again, it was it was a really solid game. We probably didn't get as much going up the pitch as we probably would have wanted to, but at the same time, you know, we're still gelling in that department. And obviously, Ash Hunter going off injured early just wasn't very helpful. But yeah, I thought overall we kind of kept Oxford at a relatively good distance for for a lot of the game. You know, they were having a lot of shots from range that we were kind of putting them under pressure for. And then and the, the goal we do score, it's a lovely move. It's uh Fane has a little moment when he uh God, he turns into Prime Messi down that touchline, doesn't he? With the little kind of keeping it with his head and all that and uh laying it inside. And then it's look it's a lovely run from love, I think, as well. Uh you know, coming coming in from wing back just to get another man in the box. And then the vision to kind of see we're on the edge of the box and the, the lovely, delicate little touch, just kind of the, the little kind of back heel. It's not quite a back heel, is it? But, uh, you know, just the edge of the box and, you know, we're connected with it well. So it's a really nicely worked goal. It's just a shame we weren't able to hold hold out on the lead much longer. And it's it's a funny place where the uh, the opposition goals come, the, the Oxford goals come from, because it's, it's a corner, which we've looked quite imperious defending so far this season. But yeah, there's been obviously it looks like Ripley's gone to save it and then Stockton has also gone to clear it, which which happens. And then it's kind of bounced up from there and uh, they've turned it in. But then, yeah, even after that, I didn't think there were too many really scary moments. I think while we've taken a lot of pressure in games, and I guess it would be nice to do some more at some different points in the game to relieve a bit of that pressure at the same time. It's not like Ripley's having to pull off two or three world worldies every game. No. He's, you know, he had a good performance, made a lot of good, decent saves on uh, against Oxford, but like it's not like every game he's having to kind of 
absolutely work his socks off tipping things around the away from the top corner or anything you know we're keeping people at relatively good length when we're defending which is good and i think i think you know from from a fan's point of view you know we've now proved yes we conceded three at peterborough a couple of the fans made the point uh last night on facebook that we've conceded three in the rest of the games uh and that's pretty good um and and i think it is important uh and i know a couple of people made the point that uh, Fain, uh, as a defensive midfielder, and I made the point myself, absolutely brilliant at getting in the way and blocking things and what have you, but the last couple of games has tended to give it away pretty quickly as well, which is a bit unfortunate. But then, it, to just to prove we broke the mould, like you said, he intercepted it, kept it in with his head, did a little dance down the left-hand side, knocked it inside, and then Donald Love's there with a little bit of a back heel in, on the penalty spot. And it's like... I think that comes down, Glenn, to we know that Derek wants everybody to do the defensive work, but when we go forward, he gives everybody freedom, doesn't he? I think that's it. And I think the the performances have shown a development game on game. Um, I think there's been an improvement, particularly in the last three games. Um, and I don't know, the, the Peterborough one, I think everybody feared the worst after that game. It was sort of, well, you know, if we can't defend... What can we do? Because we know we've got issues up front. Um, but Bolton and Oxford, I think, were kind of a rehearsal for the Rotherham game, if you will. They were they were honing the the sort of shape that they were holding. The first half at Oxford was terrible. It was really dull, negative game. But the second half, we played some quite enterprising stuff. We got the goal, and I honestly thought we would hang on for that. Um, and we oh, went to do that at Rotherham. Well, Connolly, Connolly's break where he squared it back for Weir and he couldn't get it yeah. on time. That caught him out. And I was thinking, Indeed. get another one there and they're dead and buried. And of course, Connolly started at, at Rotherham. And and while individually he, he's not quite clicked yet, he's not quite done it, I think the, the fact that he's got that pace yeah. and they can see that with him there and with Arthur playing in that role, we've got an out ball that poses some kind of threat. It just gives a different dimension. But the shape uh, last night was immaculate. You know, everybody, as soon as they lost the ball, they were right behind it. There was players covering, covering for each other. Um, and I think they've, they've got the confidence f to do that from the preceding games. You know, the, the game at Oxford showed, yeah, we can hang on to something and we can keep our shape. And I think that gave us a bit more confidence. We, we were more positive at Rotherham and Rotherham put out pretty much a full strength side. I think both sides had about as good a, a team at first 11 as they could, they could field. You know, neither was, were taking it lightly at all. Um, and, and we took the game to them in the first 10, 15 minutes, we took the game to them. Then they came back into it a bit um, and, you know, they dominated possession, but it always looked comfortable. We never looked like conceding at all. And of course we didn't. We restricted them to, I think, what, zero shots on target or one maybe. And all the rest, uh, you know, if, if even if you weren't there, if you managed to see the stats, all the shots that they had were yards above the bar. I mean, there they, they were no threat whatsoever. And I think we got the confidence to do that from the two preceding games. And I've seen a definite improvement game on game in the game, in the four that I've seen. When you look at it in the cold light of day, Rod, um, obviously he has he's put together a complete new defence after the conceding 88 goals last season in the league. Um, we don't, <laughs> I'm saying this now, 
And uh, obviously last season we got beat by MK Dons 4-0 at home, but we don't look like uh, a side that's going to concede 88 goals. But conversely, we don't look like a side that's going to score millions either. But it, it, it's at the moment, it's working, isn't it? Yeah, you know, you've got to you've got to build this. I think after last season, we've got to build it from the back and get it organised defensively. I think that it's done that uh, really well. I think as well, we talked about Connor before, Connor Ripley. And I just see a very solid keeper there. You know, some of the stuff he's, he's fielded over the last few games, you know, balls bouncing immediately in front of him. His, his positional sense looks excellent and his handling looks excellent. Uh, so I, th- I think there is a real, um, a real, you know, defensive line there um, with the lads in front of him that's working pretty well. So, yeah, I- I'm comfortable with that. Uh, a little bit disappointed with the highlight programs because I think um, things things um, build up to the goal at Oxford should have been shown because it was excellent and it was missed out. And every clip I've seen has been missed out. But yeah, uh, you know, a, a good job, a good job done. Uh, again, you know, you, you look at the um, the injury situation, illnesses, and we, we are struggling there. You know, look at last look at last night at Rotherham um, the, with the academy boys on the bench, uh, which would be a great experience for them traveling with the squad and, and and being there. But it does it does stretch you. Yeah, inevitably. So moving on to what what many were calling. Um, well, we called it last week a free hit at Rotherham, and it turned out to be just that, Joel. And uh, as Glenn's already alluded to, you know, we, we looked pretty solid. Uh, Rotherham put out a pretty strong side, uh, although there were 10 changes from Saturday, but they've got a really strong mm-hmm. squad because they've reinvested with the money that they've got off Sheffield Wednesday for <clears throat> Smith, et cetera, et cetera. But um, certainly unexpected. And uh, King Arthur did the job again, Joel. He did, yeah. I mean, in, I mean, fairness to Rotherham, they've, 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 you know, you can see the how well they built the squad. I, th- I think, actually, I think uh, Smith and the Hickway were both on freeze. I think they were both out of contract, so they've done really well to kind of spread the money out around the squad. Because, <clears> yeah, they made nine changes. They didn't have Ogbené, uh, Wiles, or uh, Barletzer in the in the starting eleven, which are you know three great players. But then they've still got people like Rathbone, uh, Lindsay, Tom Eves is a good Championship centre forward. Uh, that Georgie Kelly's good. Lad on loan from Arsenal, right wing back, you know, some cracking players, really experienced fella. Oh, I can't remember what he's called. The fellow who went down a couple of times in the first half, centre back for Rotherham. Uh, and Mace Arden, he's a good player as well. But yeah. He, he we, did pick the big guns on, though, didn't he? he brought they, they, yeah, they got a Benny and the Bartles are on at the end, didn't they? So, you know, they, we, you know, it, it was kind of in that regard, it was job done from us. Make them, we made them have to get the big guns out. Unfortunately, it didn't quite pull out, uh, work out for them. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought kind of what Glenn said, really. Like it, it was a really, really solid defensive performance. I think just it, you know, everybody knew their job. People were covering for each other. If one person got beaten, somebody would shift out. And you know, when when you're defending, you kind of have to make these kind of constant little readjustments, don't you? When somebody if somebody ever gets pulled out of position, and it's going to happen throughout a game because that's what teams will try to do to you. But we dev- didn't really very often look like we were kind of floundering around with people chasing shadows and spaces and stuff. It was, it all seemed very kind of linked up and everybody kind of knew what they should be doing at certain moments. And that's really positive to see. And again, just kind of back what uh, Glenn said again, you know, Con- uh, Connolly, he hasn't, uh, he's not had a goal or assist yet, but 
it's that stretching of the fence, that, you know, <clears throat> knowing that he if something pops in behind, it's in the back of the defender's heads that he can run onto it and pull you around a bit. So it is it is a massive threat. And then again, you know, Arthur, uh, in his words, he doesn't really score uh, score simple goals, does he? So <laughs> fantastic to see him get on the score sheet again. I, I, he's a player I really like. I really like how he handles the ball in tight situations and receives it with his back to goal. He's very willing to get forward. And I know you, you're a big fan of him getting a shot away and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, it's great to see somebody who, who was able to do that. It's a nice little bit of skill to get himself in the position. And yeah, a word for Caleb Watts as well, I think, is, uh, because, you know, he's come on. He's not had that much football. I, I kind of get the feeling that he's a very intense and direct player, Caleb Watts. He's, he's full of energy. But, and but obviously, coming into a side like ours, there, there's a kind of element of positional discipline that you've got to learn and you can't yeah. just hair after everybody because you'll leave a gap somewhere. So maybe Derek's trying to slowly kind of tra- uh, kind of slowly a- ease him into that and nurture, nurture him into that. Yeah. And he's, he's come in and he's uh, not committed. He's not just, and he's pinched the ball off the defensive midfielder and then Arthur's be able to run through. So, you know, you can see him getting into that role. And as I'm sure we'll talk about later with Hunter's injury, he's probably going to play more of a part of the next few weeks. And I'll come back to you now, Glenn, because one of the points you made was, uh, which was obvious last night, is that... Um, and I, 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 think, only, I only make obvious points. Yeah. <laughs> I think... Obvious. Uh, yeah, obviously. So, yeah, um, it, it, it was. We, one of the things that we said last week was if we're only going to have roughly sort of 35% possession, I was, last night's was 38, which is good, then we've got to have better than sort of 65 66% passing accuracy. And our passing accuracy was a lot better in the first half against Rotherham and in the second half, up to the edge of their box, wasn't it? We, we were played knee to football. We were. I mean, there's always a worry. I had this conversation with somebody at work uh, today, as it happened. Um, and and while, while we're playing that system where we're keeping things tight and we're looking on the break, we've got to be able to, to break efficiently and we've got to be clinical in front of goal because... You know, in this division particularly, I, I don't think we can go through a full season without having a better attacking threat, if I'm being honest, and hope to survive. And I know the person I'm talking to today said, well, we did it when we got promoted. You know, that that was Derek's strategy, wasn't it? You know, let them have possession, as whatever percentage you're talking about, as long as it's in non-dangerous areas. And then we make sure that, you know, our... 20% possession is effective and is in yeah. dangerous areas. And I think we can do that, but we do need the forward players to do it. And uh, you know, I, I said before the start of the season, even with Obika and Cole Stockton, I still thought we needed a little bit more up front. And I still I, I still hold to that view. I think, you know, the next couple of weeks, three weeks, whatever, whenever the loan transfer window as well, that's important. Whenever that closes, it's going to be crucial because I, I honestly believe if we don't get something extra there, there's only so many times you can hold out with that strategy. You know, to, Oxford did attack us. They, they attacked us in numbers. They didn't make quite so many openings, but better teams will do. You know, better teams will create more chances and... I think you you you're walking a tightrope if you if you think you're going to hold that. This is this is Harry in in this division and be successful. We managed it really well in League Two, 
but I think we had, you know, a decent attacking threat there as well. So while I'm saying we're improving every game, I think we've got the foundation there now and we've got the defensive system really good and everybody knows the jobs. Um, and it's it's a it's a they played a fantastic shape at Rotherham. You could see it from where we our position quite high up. You could see the rotation of the players covering for each other, and there was never there was never a gap really for them to exploit. Now that's all well and good, but you do need to score. And um, you know against I won't say better teams than Rotherham. I think that was a really really good performance. But you know against better teams than maybe Oxford and, and Fleetwood. You might struggle because they will they will create those chances. So I think we just need over the next few weeks we need to make sure we 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 sort out the the forward area of it because I think the basis is there. It's a really strong foundation that Derek's created for us now. So uh, that leads nicely into into Rod with the uh, the, the situation with uh, obviously as you touched on before the the uh, the illness that swamped through the camp this week because obviously. <laughs> loads of people missing last night uh, and four academy lads on the bench so it was uh, all hands to the pump and obviously uh, looking at the team we started with you know we got Dylan Connolly and Arthur uh, who were both sort of kind of sort of wide midfielders sort of uh, yeah they can attack but um, we didn't really have a recognised centre forward so uh, Cole, Cole was was it a thigh, thigh strain or groin strain or something like that last night Rod? Yeah groin Growing strength. I mean, once again, David, as soon as he wasn't on the team sheet, the rumour mill starts. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's why I asked. So. We cannot we cannot respond to that at every verse end. It would just be impossible. And I feel counterproductive. So, um, you know, we'll say things when there's something to say. And if there is anything to say, we're not going to say it for the sake of saying it. So, you know, at the moment, you've got Max Melbourne, Cole Stockton, Ash Hunter, Unfortunately, um, with his injury at Oxford and Courtney out, um, together with Ryan and and and, um, and uh, McLaughlin as well. So yeah, it was down to the bones last night. But you know, we, we've, we've got a job to do. Um, I listened to the um, to the Rotherham manager earlier on, and you know they didn't have a shot on target. They didn't have one shot on target. They didn't work the keeper. Um, and as he said in the championship. You know, teams go toe to toe with them, and and what happened last night from from what I saw, we got behind the ball and 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 effectively nullified their threat. That's how I saw it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, they brought the big guns on later on, but that backfired. So you know, I think it was a brilliant performance. Well, you, you've got to be happy with it, really, because like I said in the in the intro. Everybody just said it was a free hit and let's go there and see what yeah. happens. Now, obviously, when, when this goes out, uh, the, the draw, we're recording this Wednesday evening. Uh, and so the draw is made tonight. Uh, and everybody's saying, who do you want? Because obviously all, all the Premiership teams and all the top sides come into it, which is fantastic. And it goes national, which is brilliant. So I've said straight, me being the fatalist, I've said straight away, Crawley away, because that's just the way I Stevenage. think. Stevenage. Yes, or Stevenage, that's the yeah, two yeah, I picked. Yeah. Stevenage yeah. away, who are unbeaten, and obviously we know what we're going to get out of them, <laughs> it's the bus driver. So from that point of view, uh, it'd be lovely, and I know that, uh, you know, I've heard Derek's interview today saying, you know, it, it's... It'd be nice to get a Premier League team away because that might free up the budget for him, which I thought was quite presumptuous, Rod. 
he's gone. Yes, he's, he's definitely. Gone. Is he frozen or is he ignoring <laughs> me question? Who knows? <laughs> I think frozen. He was yeah. saying his bandwidth was struggling. Yeah, it is. Uh, look, Living out on the coast. He usually uh, usually pulls the blinds down. <laughs> so so we, we, obviously, by the time this goes out, people will know who we've got. Uh, and obviously, me being fatalistic, I'm going to say Crawley or Stephen Jewell. Oh, Rod's back. You froze. You froze then, freeze. I, I didn't. You did. It was actually a freeze frame. <laughs> yeah, you, you froze. Yeah. <laughs> what's the past tense? So, did you hear what I said? No. Right. I said obviously, me being the fatalist, I've said we'll get Crawley or Stephen away. But I heard Derek's hint today saying that we will, uh, if we get a Premier Premier League team Premier League team away, it might free up a bit of budget for him, which I thought was quite presumptuous. Is he putting you under pressure there? Well, I think I think that's. I think that's got to happen. And we have talked about this. You know, football fortune earned um, at some point has to be back into the football club, whether that's um, infrastructure. But right now, I think the important <coughs> thing is putting it into the squad and making those funds available for Derek. I have no doubt in my mind that that's what we should be doing and will do. Well, that's good to hear, isn't it? That is good to hear. It's, so it's now, it's got to be the case, David. You know, I'm sure, well, I know that Derek has he has got targets. Um, um, together with uh, Greg Strong, the, you know, they work very hard on on recruitment, and and now we've got <coughs> an opportunity. Hopefully, depending how how uh, tonight's draw goes, let's hope we can just have some a bit of fortune out of this, and and I can assure um, supporters that we will look to invest that in the squad. So Stephen is the way it is then. Joel? <laughs> Definitely. There's no doubt about it. Uh, we've had too much luck over the past few years, haven't we, with uh, Chelsea and Tottenham. Well, Chelsea was a bit bad luck in many ways because it was behind closed doors. But uh, yeah, yeah, the, only, got... the only two people who were there were, well, three people, were oh, yeah. <laughs> me, Glenn, Quinny and Rod. That was all who was there. I feel a bit left out now, really. But uh, well, <laughs> no, I, I mean, obviously... When, when Adam Phillips did that cross that, that uh, Ariza Balaga saved on the line... Me, me, obviously, split loyalties. Even I was like, oh, oh, nearly. But there you go. Can't be <laughs> I know it was probably one of the best things that uh, Reese Balaga had done in a very oh. long time in a, in a Chelsea shirt because it was a wicked, wicked little cross. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I'd love uh, one of the Manchester clubs away. Uh, not Rochdale. Well, they're out, aren't they? They're, yeah, they're out, so there's no chance of that. So, <laughs> Oldbury Conference, so we're all right. Oh, then. I know, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. City United would be great, obviously. Leeds away, I'd, I'd absolutely love because I went uni there, obviously. So, uh, well, then, who, who are we predicting? Uh, I've told you, you Mike. Yeah, I think definitely Stevenage away. I, I think as well because they're, 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 they've got a real knack, as well as being unbeaten, they've, they've scored a last minute winner or equaliser in a lot of their games this season. In, in, in every game since they've ever stuck over, yeah. <laughs> so you're saying Crawley, you're saying Stevenage. Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not predicting it, but if we didn't Stevenage, then who do you want in the fourth round? <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll, I'll make my prediction Nottingham Forest at home. That'd be tricky. That really would be tricky. But obviously, it's uh, by the time people are listening to this, they'll know. So Charles <laughs> <laughs> might have to cut that then. Now, yeah, keep it right. in. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's, if, it's one of us is, if one of us is right, if I'm right, I'll keep it. In. Fun. <laughs> so um, I want to chat a little bit now about um, somebody who you touched on before, 
uh, Joel, and that's Caleb Watts in the fact that he shows a lot of promise, like you say, uh, nick the ball away uh, for the, for the, to give Arthur the freedom to crack it in, in the bottom corner. Um, he, he looked like a talent. He came on came on against Middlesbrough. He came did well when he came on against Shrewsbury. Uh, did well when he came on against Stoke. Uh, and probably it's coming up to looking at the, the situation we've got with injured forwards. It might be his time to shine, hopefully. Yeah, it is very much looking like we, we might be getting towards that point, isn't it? I think, uh, yeah, I, what I like about him is he's, he, he plays in a way that I don't really associate with most under-23 players and that he's got a bit of intensity and purpose about him when he gets the ball. He likes to take on the half turn and really drive forwards and, and is very positive and very brave in how he tries to use the ball and he'll take people on, he'll look for a forward and slightly more risky pass. So, yeah, I think that's a really positive thing. I think that's something that will be harder to drill into his system. Uh, I think maybe at the moment it's just a bit of positional discipline and, and looking over your shoulder and not just hearing after every 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 you know defender who, who's got the ball for the opposition. But I think that's something that can easily be taught a little bit with a bit of experience. Whereas that intensity in, in his play, that's kind of you, the fact that that's already come with him. That's really, really good. And yeah, we've seen little flashes of ability, not too much yet. And obviously he had that shot against Stoke, which uh, very, very nearly went in. And that was a, that would have been quite something with 10 men. But well, uh, was just, against, the, against the team from a division above, the way he just dropped his shoulder, absolutely dumped his man on his ass, created the space for himself. And then unleashed what you would class as a thunderbolt, which I thought at the time grazed the bar, but didn't. But was like so close and brought the ground to its feet. You're just thinking that for that one moment alone, that that lad's got something. Exactly, yeah. And then to go and take the penalty as well, very, very, very coolly. I thought, you know, it shows that you know he's got a decent kind of mentality about him, maybe, and he's got that intensity to his play. So yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he's able to contribute to the squad. I know. He's thought of quite highly from some uh, a couple of scouts and uh, apparently from within Southampton's academy. So yeah, looking forward to him getting a more more of an opportunity. You know, it's how football works. People get injured, and we don't want to see our shunter injured. At the same time, it's an opportunity for somebody like Watts to come and you know show what he can do a bit more. Absolutely, and it is a shame about uh, it's a shame about Ash Glenn because I know that. Uh, he's a player that we've admired and uh, obviously we were fortunate enough to be at the Salford game when he single-handedly destroyed us, despite the fact that we played brilliantly that night at Salford in the promotion season. And Derek had his little spat with uh, with the, the manager who's now manager of Orient. But um, And it is a shame for Ash, but like I say, it's an opportunity for Caleb and you saw him come on the other night and he stuck to the system really well and, and did okay. Yeah, I think Joel made a really good point about sort of educating uh, players before they're allowed to, you know, slot into the first team, if you will. Yeah, going back to Ash Hunter, that was the name that excited me in the close season of all the signings we made. Uh, Farron Rawson as well, and I think he's been excellent. Brilliant. Um, but it, it was Hunter that I thought, ah, now then, that now you've got somebody who can sort of dictate the pattern of, of our forward play. And when we've got what's looking like such a strong foundation at the back, you give it to somebody like here and he says, right, this is what we're doing with it now, lads. This is where we're going with it. You go over there, you know, I'll take it here. He can cut inside, he can shoot with both feet. So, yeah, yeah I, was, I was I was gutted to see him go. But Kevin Watts is, is another one. He, I think what Derek's been doing with, with the three youngsters, with Jensen Weir and Jake Taylor and him, 
he's waiting until the you know the sort of um familiar with the system that we're playing and the know the job that they're doing i think he's confident that uh, jensen and jake are there now and when i talk about improvement game on game they've been important in that yeah, yeah you know we've 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 brought uh, bedo back in and we've had to sort of mold that back three and that's meant a, sh a shift with the uh, the wing backs. They can now push on a little bit more because we've got that familiar back three. Um, but I think the improvement above that in the performances has come from those two in the middle. And they're getting a real understanding now, uh, Jensen and Jake. And I and think... both got good engines. And, and they, they seem to be understanding where each other is going to go. And it was particularly evident last night. Uh, there was a sign of it there at Oxford on Saturday few little moves and of course Jensen got the goal um but last night I think it you know that was the crux of our midfield and and they were knocking it about in little triangles with the with the wing backs there were there was several occasions where we looked like we were going to get the ball taken off as in really tight spaces and they were really nice little triangles to get it out of that danger and then set up attacks and I think that's an understanding that's coming on and like you say, Joel, I think given the chance now, he's, he's kind of he's, he's committed to playing him. I think Caleb's going going to get more time on the pitch because of the circumstances, unfortunate though they are. Um, but last night, as well as the tackle that he made that led to the goal, every time he lost the ball, he was straight back and covering. And I think that was probably the little worry why he's not started games at the start of the season. Because that needs, you know, it's you're a great player. We know that you've got skills, but look, we're a team, and we have to be a team to to survive in this league. We have to be have the right shape, and you're important in that. And I think that'll come. And there was really good signs last night that that's that's developing. And I think Derek's done the right thing in introducing all those three, the young lads, introducing them gradually, and particularly the two in the middle. I think they've got a real understanding now. I was worried, I have to say. We'd lost Toombs, we'd lost Wilding, we lost Adam Phillips. Yep. And, you know, player for player, I was looking at the replacements and saying, I don't I don't know whether that's an improvement. Yep. And we knew that the squad had to improve. He said that the squad last season wasn't good enough and everybody agreed with him. It wasn't good enough to do anything but struggle at that bottom end. So if, you, if you're going to improve, you need individual players to be better than the ones they replace. And I was worried that they weren't, if I'm being honest. But I've seen really promising signs in these last three games that there's partnerships forming there, there's players becoming aware of the system he wants to play. And I'm far more positive about the rest of the season, even given the, you know, the sort of proviso about I still think we need something more up top. But I'm far more confident now than I was two weeks ago, even. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Some great performances then as well. You look at look at Ryan Delaney. I think <clears> he's been absolutely outstanding. Uh, Liam Gibson has put in some great performances and getting Jacob back as our player as well. Not not a long player now. Yeah. He's our player, and, yeah. and and that that makes a hell of a difference. And uh, we've already mentioned Big Faz. Big Faz has been a, a, yeah. exactly what we expected. Has he lost a header this season? Well, uh, well uh, Joel will tell us that. I think, <laughs> he's lost, I think he's lost one in each match, but he's like... Yeah, I think in, in the first four matches, I haven't checked it since properly, but in the first four matches, he had an aerial win rate of about 87%, which is 
absolutely I think anything <clears throat> above 60 is quite good. So to have a win rate of 87% over four matches is pretty daft. <laughs> I think there was one last night where he went up with uh, Eves and Faz didn't win it, but he made sure that Eves couldn't do anything at all with it. And he, and he sort of watched and he, it was like, I don't think I'm going to win this, but I'm making sure that you can't do anything with it. <laughs> exactly. No, that's what you need to do, isn't it? If, if you can't win it, make their life horrible. Well, he's, he's in many ways, he's a, he's a typical, he's a typical Derek <coughs> centre half. He wants no nonsense. He wants, you know, if, if Faz wins it, if he has time, he'll give it somebody. If he hasn't, he'll get it in row T. And I know that some people find that frustrating. We're like, oh, but I don't. A defender is there to do that. You know, yeah. Our wing backs are there to sort of like create as well as defend. But our three centre halves, they're there to stop. That's all they're there to do. However, although, Jacob... although like Rod says, sorry, Delaney's distribution has been superb. I mean, I think I texted you from the Bolton game. You did. Saying, yeah. Who's this player who's been wearing Delaney's shirt? Delaney shirt. Yeah. And I don't mean that disrespectful, but no. last season we, we saw nothing of this kind of ability. And I'm chuffed to bits for the lad. Because, Absolutely. you know, he seems a really good lad and he's one of these who you want to do well. And the last two games, I said I, I, I said to my wife last night and I said to the lad next to us on Saturday, if there were scouts at those two games, they'd be going, who's that lad at centre-back for, for Morecambe? Because he's been absolutely outstanding. I, I, I was watching the, the Rotherham game back and I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Like, I think Gibson was probably... Man of the match for me because some of the like yeah the ground he covered there was a three ball he played to Connolly it was yeah. delightful and then yeah. he got the ball nutmeg where's Harding it's fantastic uh, but uh, and he managed to keep a bit of a, a, a hold on uh, of Benny as well when he came on and the and the Arsenal low knees fantastic but the way that Delaney battled yeah. and when he wasn't winning the head he was making his life hard he was getting in front of his man people were popping the ball into Tom Eves and Tom Eves as he was, you know, trying to hold off the ball. And he's a good and player. He's a good player, he's exactly. And Delaney was getting a foot round him and just making his life horrible and sometimes even getting in ahead of him. So it's it's fantastic to see that kind of because he as as Glenn has already said, like some of the some of the kind of the, the passes he plays to kind of break through lines of the opposition defense and their midfield and whatever, they've been fantastic. But having that aggression as well, that he's really kind of brought a bit more of in his game this season compared to last and it's been fantastic to see and uh, sorry really, sorry sorry david i keep interrupting cutting across you um <laughs> where do you see um um jensen weir then do you see him as a holding midfielder is he offensive is, is he is he more defensive where do you see him i think a bit of both i think he is kind of i think well what i quite like about jensen weir is he's he's he's, he's had that season with uh, Cambridge last season and I think that's a really handy club to kind of proceed with us because they also don't have very much possession uh, they've got they're very organized and very disciplined they they all play for each other uh, and they've got you know a lot of the the values and how they play are quite similar to us so I think he's already kind of had a bit of a dosage of that and yeah I think as we've seen, he he's got some really nice. It's weird. It's he him and he's not dissimilar to Jake Taylor, but I can't quite pin down for each other. Yeah, he's they, exactly. Yeah, it feels like they can work in tandem quite nicely. One of them can go up, and then one of them and and contribute and and has the ability to contribute in the final third, but also can hang back a little bit, receive the ball from defenders in deeper positions, and spread the play a bit, but also be able to kind of 
physically hold their own. I don't think either of them are phys- physically kind of lightweight. So, yeah, I'd say he's probably a bit of an all-rounder, probably pushing towards a bit more of the attacking side of it than somebody like Fane or Gibson when he plays in midfield. But yeah, a great all round. He's a he's a, he's a really I good. Think, I think it depends as well on what formation he chooses. If he has Fane in there, then he will push forward a little bit more. Um, he, he didn't start with Fane against Oxford, um, so you know in that situation, then he would probably drop back and and just cover a little, you know, pick it up from the midfield a little bit, from the defence yeah. a little bit more. <laughs> Strangely, obviously <clears throat> Taylor covered for him and he scored the goal. <laughs> exactly. I think, Glenn, that's how I see him. I just seen as a as a Jensen interceptor. No, oh. you set us up how, for that. How long have you you've been waiting? You for set us up for that. You, you, you just let me ramble on, loving the sound of my own voice. Uh, just very patiently. Anyway, all right, moving swiftly on. Thank you for that, Rod. Um, speaking of, obviously, we talked about the resurrection of uh, of Delaney. Um, and I noticed yesterday, making his second appearance, Anthony O'Connor again did well when he came on. And I'm chuffed to bits for him. There were certain fan groups saying, oh, you know, get rid, get rid, get rid. And I never understood that because I thought he was one of our best players last season. And I know at the end of the season, uh, we went with Bennett and we went with Bedo. Uh, but that's because, obviously, it, we, we always have a, a big horrible centre-half and a footballing centre-half. And O'Connor and Bedo are too similar, which I understand. And I know Derek likes a big, horrible one. But Ockers came on and did that absolutely goal-saving tackle, which went out for a corner. And again, he came on last night and did well. And personally, I'm chuffed a bit for him because I think he's got a part to play. And if we are going to play three centre-backs, which seems the way we're going, then we need a fourth who can slot in, don't we, Joel? Yeah, definitely. And... He has he has an element of versatility that we're probably going to be able to make good use of. Is if obviously he's a very capable centre back. I think yeah he's maybe a bit for, for how Derek likes to likes the centre backs to be. I think he's probably more on the uh, the Bado end rather than the Ross yeah, end. But he yeah. is. But but then and on the uh, on the kind of Stephen Robinson scale of things, he was the he was the aggressor compared to Bado. So it kind of can vary but because he has got an aggressive side to his game he does love getting stuck in you can you can see that in his play but I think I mean it's been interesting to see his versatility in the past couple of games because he's kind of sat in front of the defense when he's come on and yeah. done a good job there but uh I think you know it's worth noting he was he played right back for a long time at Bradford uh I think just over half a season and did well there they their fans were pleased with how he did there so you know, pleasing Bradford fans isn't a, it's not an easy thing to do. But uh, and then, uh, I know exactly. So uh, and then at Aberdeen, I think that was where Stephen Robinson saw him a lot and liked him a lot. He, he was actually playing defence in the field, I think, and I think he did an all right job there. And you know, he's a, he's technically a good footballer. So especially with, it's obviously Fane's the only proper defensive midfielder that we've got at the minute, really. And Gibson was coming in there as well. But obviously, with Melbourne being injured for a couple of months now, I think it is Gibson's basically going to have to always be on the on left left back or left wing back. So having that extra option in defensive midfield, whether it's to play alongside Fane to come on for the last ten minutes or compete with Fane and maybe take Fane's place for a few games and and you know drive each other you know drive each other uh, their performances and stuff. But you know having that option in the squad's really really handy and. Yeah, I'm. I'm really happy. He's. He's. Been, there's been. A, there's been a route back in for him because you know we've had him on the podcast. He's. 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 You know. He's. He's a really good. Good bloke and he's a good footballer. So yeah, I'm glad. 
and a, 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 an unfortunate injury to Max Melbourne. And, and like I said, and I've said this before, the jury's out. We haven't seen enough of Max to decide, you know, uh, you know, it, what, what's he good at, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the one thing that we we do know is that, uh, and we were saying this on the terraces at the home last home game when we drew with uh, Fleetwood, is the fact that when Max got injured, I, I you know, it's horrible for the lad, and I'm sorry for him, but Gibbo, ideal replacement, Glenn. He is, yeah, and uh, to me, more natural position, although, you know, I think he's such a good footballer, he plays well wherever he puts him. Um, but I, I like to see him on that left, and and last night he was just, he was up and down that pitch, and he, the lad was absolutely shattered at the end of the game when he was brought off. Um, but, yeah, our man of the match by by a long way, in, in a team of good performers last night. Going back to O'Connor, I don't know, it's... I, I don't see it as an ability thing. I think he he showed last season that he was he was a very capable player. After a few shaky games right early on, I think he was you know he, he was either man of the match or second to man of the match in nearly every game he played in that one. It's some fantastic last ditch tackles, but he he just was was he injured or suspended? I can't remember. But he he dropped out of the side injured. Bennett injured. he was one and then Bennett came in yeah. and Bennett and Badeau just play brilliantly. And yeah. you know what Derek's like, whoever you are, you don't walk straight back into a team if the player who's replaced you is playing well. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe there was a little clash there or something. O'Connor might have thought, I'm club captain, I should come back in when I'm fit. Um, I don't know. You don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but you know, Derek has never done that. He's never done that. If a player comes in to replace somebody who's suspended or injured, until that player shows a loss of form, he keeps his place. And right enough with with Bedo and Bennett, I think Bedo, Bennett, and Carson at the end of last season kept us in that division. Yeah, I thought, I thought they were fantastic, and I wouldn't I wouldn't have put O'Connor straight back in. No, no, as good as he was, because I couldn't see anything in the partnership with Bedo and Bennett that that needed replacing. I thought they were excellent. I thought I really yeah. did. So no. I thought it was just unfortunate for O'Connor, but I, I I didn't see it as a O'Connor's ability thing. That had, that had yeah. seen him slip away. So I was I was quite surprised when I heard that he was, you know, available for, for release this close season. And I'm chuffed a bit that he's back in the fold. And I hope he stays there, as Joel said, because I think he's got a lot to offer. And a bit of a bit of good news that came out this week, Rod. Uh, and I know that it's difficult times, but uh it was eventually revealed in the press that we we uh you know Derek had tried to move for Carlos Mendes Gomez on loan from Luton, but there was no chance because Luton wanted to say play a large percent of his, his wages, which we couldn't afford, and obviously Fleetwood can. And I, I think that put a lot of people's minds at rest because there was a, a bit of unrest. We were like, why have you got Carlos? And I think it was a good thing to do to release that information. I think Derek plays the press very, very well. But it is also, as a fan, nice to know that we were in for him because we class him as our lad, don't we? Yeah, it was a genuine attempt to to, to get Carlos back as well. Uh, unfortunately, you know, money does dictate at times, uh, and it was it was beyond us. You know, we you know if you go down that route, then um, we've got to make sure the recruitment side of it is done effectively, but but um, sensibly as well. And it just wasn't to be. Unfortunately, it wasn't to be. We had discussions about it, but we had a limit on on where we could go financially with it, and 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 that was it. But it, 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 
at, at least it's showing the ambition of well, if he's available for loan, then we should be looking at him because absolutely. you know we nurtured the lad, didn't we? So yeah, absolutely. And Derek, Derek talked to the league manager. You know, a discussion took place, um, but unfortunately, didn't it didn't pan out. No, and, and obviously I do wish Carlos well, but I was I was sad that he got injured straight away as he came on for Fleetwood, which is unfortunate because I do I do think the lad's got a future in the game, but there you go. Yeah, indeed. So moving on. Um obviously we've got MK Dons on Saturday. Um we were six nil on aggregate last season and uh didn't really get a kick in either game. Well, actually that's not that's not fair. The four nil I think kind of flattered them a bit, Joel, didn't it? Yeah, it did a bit. I thought <coughs> the the uh the the two nil away at theirs, they they were going to coast in in kind of dominant win 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 mode towards the end of the season, much like we were when we went up. So yeah, it's it's one of those. And on that that massive pitch that they have, you know, when they got went a goal up early, uh, they were always going to kind of coast it and see the game out. And there wasn't really any question that I thought in the end. But yeah, looking looking at this season. Uh, they've struggled. They, you know, they, they've. I'm just looking at some of the, the the numbers. They're still playing quite how they play. You know, passing it around a bit. But I think they've changed to a back four. Uh, looking at the chances they've created from open play, expected goals, and all that. Sorry, uh, but Derek's a fan, so <laughs> I'm just agreeing with Derek. Uh, but they're they're the lowest in the division, uh, so they're not really creating very much at the moment. Uh, it's well, not... if, if you look at it, they lost. They've lost Harry Darling. They've lost Scott Twine and and Troy Parrott, and they all three of those are instrumental because Darling obviously scored against us from out of nothing. Twine we know from his Newport days, who was an absolute pain in the ass, and Parrott's gone up a division to Preston. He's doing really well there, so it's not really surprising it, it, to replace that those three quality. It, it's going to be difficult, isn't it? Exactly, and you can kind of see it in their slow start. I mean, look, I'm sure they'll gather around at some point later in the season that at the very least will be mid-table, but it's probably not the worst time to play them. They've not created that much. I don't think they've uh, been letting too much go at the other end, but, yeah, I think, you know, as I always like to say, we've got quite a tight little pitch. They're going to want to try and expand the game a little bit. Hopefully we'll kind of clamp down on them and, and, and won't let them kind of open the game up with their position in the way that they'd like to and uh, yeah, have a bit of a go at them and you know, we can take confidence from that uh, that Rotherham win, hopefully we'll have a couple of more attacking options back uh, for Saturday, we'll have to wait and see but yeah, I think there's a, there's a good chance that we can you know give them a bit of trouble because they're not creating a great deal at the moment and uh, we know how miserly our defence is and if we can kind of crack it pardon me, sorry, a little bit more going forwards then I think it could be, you know, we could be in for a positive result, hopefully. Well, we did create chances against them under Robo last season, Glenn, but we we, we ended up losing 4-0 and it did flatter them. And obviously we went to the game at uh, the, the MK Stadium and uh, we didn't we didn't really get near them that day. But like you say, they, like Joel said, they were on they were on a roll then. But obviously they're through to the next round of the Carabao Cup as well because they had a good result. So... Uh, when we get Crawley away, they'll probably get Manu at home, so they'll be ecstatic. So it'll be a good time to play him, Glenn. <laughs> yeah, it will. And uh, looking at those stats that Joel mentioned and uh, the way we're so cagey and miserly, it's got four apiece written all over it on Saturday, hasn't it? <laughs> exactly. 100%. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what, I'd take that, Rod. <laughs> yeah. Well, four apiece. Oh, dear me. 
Yeah, I think um, I think from that point of view, listening to Joel there about the stats, I was I was de- desperate to interject with like it's got nil nil written all over it here. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Not a chance. Yeah. Three three four four. Be nice to see, <laughs> see you score a few. I, as you know, I am the world's worst tipster. Absolutely terrible. So if I if I put my money on anything, obviously you know I, I, I always say if I stick it stick on a horse in the Grand National. The glue factory opens its gates ready for it because it's just like, uh oh, Fraser's put money on me. So that's the way it is. But um, obviously, it, you know, we've had we've had some a, a really really good a really good week. Okay, we lost at Bolton, drew at Oxford, beat Rotherham, first second win of the season, but not on penalties. Um, it would be nice to get something, but it's going to be tricky, Rod. Yeah, it, it is going to be tricky, but you know, it's not about. For me, it's not about worrying about the opposition. It's about looking at ourselves, um, developing that squad. And, and and sometimes, you know, in adversity, few players out, uh, as Joel said before, it gives others the opportunity to come out and shine and prove what they can do. So um, I, I'm looking forward to Saturday and, and I am looking forward to it optimistically as well. Good. So um, before we wrap up, um, any any news from the boardroom? I know Ben was uh, Ben was is doing an update. Is that correct? Yeah, well, he's a regular update, doesn't he? He's uh, yeah part of the role just to uh, you know keep everybody informed. Um, beyond that, um, you know I've mentioned about the draw and that if we if we are successful in in getting some extra funds in, um, that will be made available to the manager. That's absolutely crucial. Um, Obviously, there's been a lot of speculation about um, Worcester Warriors this week. That's yeah. been that's been flying about, and, and again, you know, we put a statement out there that, and and, and I'll I'll uh, reinforce this: um, the situation at Worcester does not impact on Morecambe Football Club at all. You know, um, I, I, the, the only tie up there is we, both clubs have got you know the same joint owners. No more, no less. We don't. We don't. Or Worcester Warriors a penny, and it's a totally separate. Um, um, you know, it's a totally separate company. So no impact. And uh, that that put that that puts that one to bed, then, doesn't it? So that's good. I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Um, so we're coming out a day early because obviously uh, it's the Shrimps Trust AGM uh, on Thursday evening, Joel. Yeah, it is indeed. I might put it on Friday. I'm not sure. I'm undecided. All right, okay, so we might we'll not be there. Yeah, we'll find out. Yeah, got to keep you guessed, haven't you? <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, we should. I'm getting up and going. <laughs> but uh, I think uh, yeah, with, with the AGM, obviously, uh, I would advertise it. But by the time anybody's going to be listening to this, it could well be over or the same day. So uh, maybe not. But yeah, it, if you have come down, you know, your presence will be welcomed. And yeah. Hopefully it'll be a good night and we'll discuss a few things and get some ideas going and uh, update everybody. And the, the one thing I haven't mentioned is that uh, while Rod's busy showing us the sunset, which is oh, magnificent as always. Boys. Yeah, we can say that. Thank you. And uh, I like your blinds. And uh, Glenn's showing us the sunset on his picture. Thank you. Uh, yeah, the one thing I haven't mentioned, uh, Everton in the Papa John's, yes. uh, which, is, which is next Tuesday. Uh, I think we might, Judging by the amount of uh, of, of the uh, young lads he put on the bench last night, we might see a few of them, might we, Joel? Yeah, very possibly. It'd be uh, you know, it'd be nice to see some of them uh, given a bit of a shot. Obviously, the Papa John's is what the Papa John's is, isn't it? Uh, 
you know, there's a reason people haven't really taken it that seriously over the past few years, and you know, a lot of clubs are the same. But like you say, it might be a very nice opportunity now uh, to give a few of the younger players a bit of a go. You know, we we saw uh, uh, Andre de Silva Mendes obviously make his debut last season. And I thought he did an all right job. So maybe we'll see a few more of those young players who've come through the uh, the youth setup, given a bit of a shot, especially with a with a few injuries and illnesses flying around the squad. Yeah, I think it's Joel. Early on, it's, early on, it's not particularly attractive, but it is a route to Wembley. Um, I feel it should be taken seriously, and ultimately, he's money to be earned out of it. So uh, it, it's a balance, though, as well. And I, and I get we've got to blood these young lads and give them some experience. And uh, Everton, obviously, it's Everton under twenty ones, is it? Everton under twenty ones. And it always amazed me when we played Man United on the 21s and they all turned up on a coach, apart from the three superstars who had a Mercedes limo each. And then we spanked him 4-1 and Freddie Price scored the best goal of the night. So it just goes to show you, Mercedes, no good. There you go. So, yeah, thank you for listening. This has been episode five of The Shrimp Net. Thank you to the guests for tonight. Rod, for your honesty, Glenn, for your insight, and Joel, for your stats, as usual. Uh, we were interrupted by dogs barking and Rod freezing on me when I asked him a really important question. You're doing that on purpose, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's the way to deal with it, Rod. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, I'm saying if you listen to this on Thursday, that oh, it'll be great, but Joel's just told me it might not go out on Thursday, so it might be Friday as normal. So we'll see you on the terraces. Uh, join us next week when we will obviously talk about the uh, first home win of the season uh, in an 8-0 thrashing of MK Dons, which nobody saw coming. Uh, and me being in the nut house. Thanks for listening. <laughs>